and welcome to the second half of a banana episode of We Only Look Thin. My name is Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I have lost over 120 pounds and wow. kept it off for over six years. Yeah. I am a Tiny Habit Certified Coach, a Thrive Global Certified Coach, and with me today is my banana co-host. The, the other half of your banana? <laughs> Donald Weigel. <laughs> I, I am uh, one of the hosts of this show. I have lost about 100 pounds. I have kept it off for about six years, and uh, I'm here to talk about it in a wacky bananas sort of way, I yeah, think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, we've split this banana, and here is an actual question. Because- you know, it's funny. You mentioned something about banana splits at the end of last episode, and uh-huh. I didn't I didn't get the joke, and I feel like I... I like I should do a face palm right now in front because of everyone for not understanding because the episode was literally called Bananas for Weight Loss. And, yeah. And we ended up splitting it into two episodes. And you mentioned a banana split and I didn't get it till basically just now. Right. OK, so I have a question, a banana based question oh, right yeah. now. I can't wait. OK. Potassium. So- <laughs> That's not the answer. No. Okay. OK. OK. So when you think of a banana split, I never I don't like fruit necessarily in ice cream i feel like bananas and cherries though are like the exception like as long as they're maraschino cherries okay so when you think of a banana split how do you split the banana lengthwise lengthwise but if someone if you are going to split a banana with someone no yeah you split it uh whatever the opposite of lengthwise is with wise so like with the safety dance you like they say you're doing it from pole to pole so like (laughs) Like when you do the banana split, they do say that, yeah. Uh, w- when you do the banana split in a dessert, it's from tip Lengthwise. to stern. But when but you if split it with someone, it's widthwise. Yeah, or like you just you would like break it in half. But what if like do you think you could be the kind of guy who if someone asked for like half of something that you would do it in a really weird way? Like, can I have half of your sandwich? You would just like take the bread apart and make yeah. it open face, yeah. and then. Watch people be really horrified by you. <laughs> I, I I think like younger me would have loved doing stuff like that. Like I used to I used to stand the wrong way in elevators on purpose because I thought it so made people troubling. really uncomfortable. Yeah, you used to collect. I don't know if we have talked about this before, but when I met you, you. <laughs> oh my God, why do you why do you just go out of your way to make? We've me known look each bad? other a long yeah, time. We have, but uh, I did you weird were things too when I met you. We did, which is crazy. We both okay. You are welcome to share something about me that is surprising right now but i would never do that to you when i met donald uh he uh had very deep pockets uh and that does not mean (laughs) financial mean i had any money i had no money (laughs) no but we like came to into this marriage uh with i used to wear a lot of like long coats with big pockets like literal deep deep pockets (laughs) not like figurative like that i had money because i had no money okay so we came into this marriage with our own situations but what donald before we got married and i keep like hitting the couch for some reason because i'm trying to impress this point but donald used to collect little rubber bouncy balls oh yeah like like you could find at the grocery store those machines 25 where you'd, cent. you'd put in 25 or 50 cents and a rubber ball would come out like i used to at any given time have a, a few rubber balls like in my on my person and i was just like that's very interesting like i was like 
I did not know that about you. That is whimsical. Yeah. Was there anything whimsical about me? <laughs> no. No. There's never been anything. <laughs> I wasn't funny. He says I wasn't funny until after we got married. You did have several piercings. I did. Uh, back in the day. Yeah. I don't, no. I don't know if you had them when we met. No. But- but well, you, you got them when you were really young. Yeah, when I was young, I used to be one of the grungers. Yeah, you were a, you were a grunge. You I were was, a you were a punker. I was a punker, <laughs> and you were a gother, uh, an industrial. Is there anything short for you in, for industrial? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Your nights are We actually listened to some nights are this yeah, morning. Do people still talk about industrial music now? Do kids even know like that that as a genre of music? I don't know. I think they just like lump it into goth. Maybe. Maybe. But did they even call it that? I think it's all like now under the emo umbrella, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know what the kids are doing. I don't know doing. anything about and what if, the kids are doing, and I don't really want to know. And if we asked our teen, she would just be horrified that we bothered her. Yeah, she doesn't want us to like ask questions about her life or anything she likes. No. Yeah, she just wants us to leave her alone. But I'm kind of the same way with my parents. Yeah, so. also still still at this age, <laughs> cats the same in the way. cradle. Cats yeah. in the cradle. <laughs> the cats in the cradle. But uh, we're calling this the banana splits. Uh, which I don't even know if we're calling this episode the banana splits. That's that's yet to be determined. But uh, if you are listening, it's a good to idea. This, I was yeah. just going to call this part two, but banana splits is probably better. So uh, the circumf- circumferential is that a word? Circumstantial. No, circumferential is like this the the, the the circumference. Of oh, something. I don't think that's a word. But that's maybe. not a word. I don't but, think uh, so. Language evolves, man. Uh, but uh, this is part two of a two-parter that we uh, we decided after recording the episode that it was that it was chock full of so much great information that we would make it two parts. So if you are new to the podcast, I am sorry that this is your introduction, but also if you are new to the podcast, maybe don't start with this one. Just go back one episode. One episode. Just go back one. We're not we're not asking you to listen from episode 1 and listen to all 314 episodes that we've done, although that would be cool if you did that. Um, you don't have to do that, but if you just at least go back one episode cuz like this sort of starts in the middle of a conversation basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, we felt it was better to uh, break it up into two, as Catherine said, uh, we got an email from a listener named Susan, who who asked us to, uh, as a you know, she thought it would be a nice idea in January, and we agreed to kind of recap the early days of our journey venture. <laughs> Catherine's giving me a look, and I can't I tell what it means. Just had a really big realization. Oh yeah, what's that? Okay, what is the middle uh, vowel in Susan's name? Or no, it's like the first vowel. What's the first vowel in Susan's name? A U. Right, it's a U. And uh, and what and Jern Venture has a letter U. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is what we're on. And also it has two U's in it. Actually, it has two U's in it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so so does Susan. So Susan. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make S U S U N. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, I determined in the last episode that uh, that because of the way Susan said uh, we are her favorite episode or her favorite podcast, which she put a U in favorite, which made me realize she was from the UK. Do you or think Australia. or Australia, which or also really has just a U. Be anywhere in Europe and just translating into English, really? Right. But if you think about it, do you wonder sometimes because people in uh, in in Britain? spell words like color and favorite and neighbor with a u they have a u yeah they have a u do you think it's because they're in the uk and it's just like they have to oh my god (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm just wondering. These no, are the things that no, trouble I me don't now. Think that that but is, is do you thing. know why I have the emotional bandwidth to wonder things like this no. with an, a you? Is because I have done so much work on my mindset around my weight and health goals. And before, I used to be troubled with why am I a victim of my life? Yeah. Why does everyone have an, an easier time? Now, because I've done so much work on my mindset and my weight loss and my health goals, I can wonder about things like favorite spelled with a U. So you're and, saying you put the U back in UK? Right. But if you, dear listener, go back to the last episode, you can hear the first part about how uh, Donald and I have had a troubled relationship with food, spelled with two U's, for our whole lives. And then you <laughs> can listen. F U U D. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can go back and listen to the feud, uh, food, food things, and then listen to this episode. Yeah. And Donald uh, thinks I am full of many things right now, <laughs> full of bananas, uh, full of uh, full big of ideas. Uh, but we would like you to put the you into we only look thin or right. something. And, and uh, we will put the fun back in uh, your weight loss journey adventures uh, uh, for listening to the second part. So enjoy it, please. Enjoy the second part, please. Wait, did we actually say this is the two-parter? This is the second part of a two-parter. I don't know. I can't remember if we <laughs> actually did at this point or not, but second part of a two-parter. So uh, we are about to pick up halfway through. We had yep. originally recorded this as one long episode, thought it ended up playing better as two uh, slightly shorter ones. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> Poor Donald. And, He's the uh, editor. Editor with a U. Editor, uh, so yeah. So thank you. Like uh, Skeletor. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. So listen on. Uh, so listen yes, uh, this is uh, a conversation between Catherine and I about the early days and uh, and how uh, we only look thin started, how we uh, started on the first step of our journey ventures towards yep. hitting our goal weights and yep. keeping it off. And thank you, Susan, for thank, you. Thank Susan. you, Susan. That's how you pronounce it. Okay, here we go. So um, ironic, or I don't know, it's not ironic, but strangely enough, I had stopped listening to the radio in 2015. Yeah. My, our, my favorite rock hand or roll radio station fired one of their employees. I promise this has to do with weight loss, <laughs> um, but I ramble. So here we go. Uh, I, I'll stop saying that. That's really rude. Yeah. Uh, but I started listening to podcasts because I was annoyed with the radio and I remember listening to uh, to just random like comedy podcasts and stuff like that. And I remember sitting in my car and thinking, and this was like in the early days of podcasts where I was like, what is a podcast? How do you listen to it? Do you have to pay for it? Yeah. I was like, maybe there's a podcast in the world that I could listen to that would talk about weight loss and mindset. And so I, and this is like, sort of how did it start? I just remembered thinking, I can't think for myself anymore. I want someone else to hear. So I, I actually went through a couple of different podcasts to find one that really suited my mindset. And I found the podcast Half Size Me. And in that podcast, Heather Robertson uh, interviews people who have lost a lot of weight and uh, over time, this wasn't an overnight thing, but I was like, I'll just start listening to this because I need like comedian voices in my head. That's fine. But I want to start listening to other people who have lost weight. Yeah. So um, on day one, I just downloaded the podcast, started listening to it. 
the year before, this is my origin story, I had purchased a Fitbit and was like, I'll put my Fitbit back on. I will. You already had a Fitbit at that I, point? Yeah, in uh, February. Because that's of- funny. The way I remember it, I didn't buy a Fitbit until m- much later. Right. So I bought a Fitbit on the uh, the the suggestion of a friend. Um, I had actually used the Fitbit for about a month in February of 2015. Yeah. But then I got sick. Like, I got a cold. And so I was like, I'll just put this away. Like, I, I just stopped trying at all because I got sick. Because if, obviously, if I got sick, that meant why even bother. Yeah, because no, obviously you can't. It's not you work. can't continue your your health and fitness journey when you're sick. So I you uh, might as well just give up. I put my my Fitbit back on. I decided on day one. I was like, I am just going to track my calories on Fitbit. What I did was Fitbit gave me a suggested target based on my weight. And just said, like, you're going to burn this many calories. If you are if you want to lose weight, eat less than that. So literally, I just, I'm like, I'm just going to track. It felt unfair. It felt terrible. It felt like nobody else in the whole world needs to do this. Yeah. But I just said to myself, day one, just track your darn calories and start listening to podcasts. It wasn't a ton of research. It wasn't like... You know, I had this big giant plan for my whole life, but that's where I started. And to try and answer um, some of Susan's questions, do you do you remember anything? And I'm genuinely and genuinely don't know the answer to this question. Do you remember anything in particular from Heather Robertson's Half Size Me podcast that that's like stuck with you initially? So over time, it's sort of a slow burn. It's not like there's this big download of this is how you think about weight loss. Yeah. But hearing other people's stories about their struggles with their weight, just one, it made me feel like I wasn't alone. Yeah. And two, it just felt really candid and I had so many similarities with childhood weight issues fads that I had tried, that kind of thing that just like made me realize that I didn't have a calorie problem. I had a mindset problem and seeing weight loss. And I think somewhere in, you know, there's so many episodes of Half Size Me, but I think somewhere along the line, Heather sharing her own story of weight loss and her change in mindset and boundaries really resonated with me. I didn't know what secret eating was. I didn't really get emotional eating. I didn't understand binge eating. And over time, getting like the vocabulary around my actions really gave me pause of like, oh, I don't have a recipe problem. Yeah. I don't have a like shake meal shake problem. I the narrative I had about my shake, life. Shake meal shake, just for anybody who doesn't know, that's a diet that both of us went on where where you eat. You slim fast. You have or, like a diet shake and then you have a, a like a air quote sensible meal and then your third meal of the day is another shake and you really don't eat anything else. Right. Like, so all day. And like the recipe problem, a lot of a lot of times when people are trying they're like first starting out they ask for recipes they're like yeah. i need what are your recipes what are your, like it's and and that's not really like what <laughs> what we like used or or helped us yeah so listening to that over time was just sort of a slow burn on mindset 
And then I listened to a couple of other podcasts, I think Real Weight Loss for Real Women with Cookie Rosenbloom. She talked a lot about the different kinds of eating. And it just was like this aha, not aha moment, but this like, oh, I I used to think I don't I'm not a binge eater, so that's not my problem. What I was was a secret eater. Yeah. I would eat in private. And an emotional eater. And, and an emotional eater. And emotional eater. eating was a big thing for me, which I figured out later. Right. And so um, anyway, so my when I started, I was listened to somebody else because I'm obviously not a really good cheerleader for myself. The second was just track calories, not to the 1,200 pre-prescribed magic number, but Fitbit just said, eat less than what we say you're burning. I did that. I also decided because I, I realized that a key issue for me was I would quit a plan the first at the first sign of weight gain. Yeah. So if I did Weight Watchers for six weeks, I would lose, 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 feel great, great, great. And then I would gain one week. I would think it was unfair. I was broken. And it was proof that I couldn't lose weight. And this time what I did was what what would happen if you just didn't stop? What would happen if you had a bad weekend and then you picked right up? Yeah. And that was like the the clear sign for me of like, just don't stop. And I saw a pattern in myself from all of my, you know, 20, 30 attempts in the past of the first time you gain weight, you quit. And I saw that as like, it's January, I'm losing weight. I'll probably gain weight in February. When you get there, don't quit. And it happened. And I was like, oh, there we go. Okay, push past it. And that's kind of where I was in January, February, and March. I was like, I don't care what Donald is doing. I don't care if he doesn't want to lose weight. I didn't make some big announcement about it. Yeah. It was just like, hey, I don't want to feel terrible. And so I uh, did it without Donald and had to say, like, I can't, I can't wait for Donald to be interested in this. And that took us to uh, the month of March where Donald – was maybe not feeling his best. Yeah, and we'll we'll try and uh, cut to the chase here. Um, but uh, in I just to interject really quickly, I had oftentimes been on diets, and I would have one indulgent meal or one indulgent day, and then quit. Oh my gosh, entirely. Yeah, like, oh. because I was like, well, obviously I can't stick to this, so there's no point in even trying. Um, so the idea of like continuing on was was huge but yes in march of 2016 i went for what i think was a routine uh physical and i had blood work done and my doctor told me that i had type 2 diabetes <laughs> which doesn't really run in my family and so i was i was really shocked by this thought thought that it had to be a mistake and he looked me in the eye and he said if you don't do something you are going to lose a limb or go blind. Like those are real possibilities of complications of diabetes. And as I mentioned before, I thought my life was over. I thought all fun was over. Luckily, Catherine had been listening to these other voices in her head. And rather than me listening to those voices, um, like she downloaded information to me. And I thought I had to like jump right into like a Rocky montage of going to a gym seven days a week, 
um, suddenly I was, uh, you know, hitting sides of beef, um, and I was eating a thousand calories a day. And Catherine said to me, why don't we just go for a walk? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, like that counts as exercise. (laughs) Yes. Walking counts as exercise. Well, and I remember thinking to myself, like, as, as I was going through it, like, Hey, all of the really hardcore, I have the tiger stuff you did didn't work. Right. Like, hey, maybe don't try to run a marathon. Maybe just walk your daughter to school. And I remember when Donald came home from the diagnosis of just the, like, life is over. Oh, Might I was as devastated. Well, I was crushed. Like, pick out a coffin now because Yeah, like, joy- I was like, there's, there's no reason to really, like, bother to continue to live because now I can't eat all the food. <laughs> yeah. And for, for me, and I, I think that this is true, and maybe we should do a why – uh, partners are not good weight loss uh, compatriots right. uh, at another time. But if y- you know how it is when someone gives you advice, like, and I, I wanted advice for a really long time, but I was like, nope, don't want to do that. Nope, don't want to do that. Oh, green right. smoothie. No, thank you. Right. Like, no, no, no. But for me, being able to talk to Donald and being like, well, you know, Heather in Half Size Me says. That was so much easier for me to to digest. And like, it rather than Catherine trying to tell me what to do, which I would immediately kind of recoil from, um, she would say, well, Heather says, and that was so much easier to take. And I remember two specific things that were really eye-opening. We, we went on one of these walks and it was probably like the first week that I got the diagnosis. And Catherine said to me, there is no finish line, which is something she had heard from half size me. And it was, seriously like like you see in movies where clouds part and a beam of light comes down and hit hits me and it was like that like the the angel music swells and i i suddenly realized like oh this isn't a matter of you know you hit a goal weight and you're done this is a you have to do this for the rest of your life and you have to like make it part of your lifestyle and that was that was really, really huge. And then, um, now I forgot what the second thing was that you said. <laughs> it was probably something really great. Well, I think it, like, and I don't know if this was it, but it was like, start where you are. You don't have to go to a giant deficit. Right. Like, I had lost maybe 25 or 30 pounds by this point, and I think you thought, okay, that's it. I've got to, like, because your doctor was like, no alcohol, no bread, yeah, no my, sugar. Yeah, my doctor told me to to avoid all all sugar. And my doctor sent me to a, like, I've been a vegetarian for over 30 years now and had been for, for like 25 years at the point uh, where I got the diagnosis. He sent me to a nutritionist who basically told me that I should be eating more vegetables. <laughs> well, you actually had a, a heart scare uh, back in 2003. And I remember you being in the hospital and the dietician came in and was like, all right, Mr. Weigel, so we're going to cut back on red meat. And you yeah. were like, I'm a flipping vegetarian. Yeah. Like, I, I haven't eaten red meat since 1990, so uh, I can't cut back anymore. Um, but yeah, and and so I think that, um, you know, the process became Catherine downloading information <laughs> to me from the podcast she was listening to. And to go back and sort of answer 
Susan's questions, which I think we've been doing all along, but you know, what did you use as a basis for your weight loss? A lot of it was we, what we've just said, we didn't join a gym. We didn't do anything extreme because we knew that those things hadn't panned out in the past. And so we used our experience to start where we were. Catherine used her Fitbit. I eventually bought a Fitbit. I think I started originally tracking things just on my phone um, and just counting steps, figuring out where I was, which was not very many. I was doing like maybe three, three, four thousand steps a day, maybe. Um, and then gradually increasing the number of steps I would get through the day, figuring out where I was calorie wise, which, you know, I thought, well, I can't be eating that much. And I, I honestly tracked for like a week or two and realized I was eating like four or 5,000 calories pretty much every day at that point. And then I gradually stepped back from that. I think I initially just started like eating 3,500 calories a day is where I started. And then like when I would hit a plateau, I reduced my calories a little more, increased my steps a little more. And, and you know, without, you know, oddly for me, doing a lot of actual research, I guess, because I feel like the research was all of the diet and exercise plans we had done for for 40 plus years that hadn't worked. Yeah. Well, and I think to that question of, you know, did you research uh, calories in, calories out, which of often goes by the uh, acronym CICO, um, it was, you know, what came to mind was almost like the Rorschach test, like, lose weight. Like, what do you see? Well, I see 1200 calories as this magical you know, line that like, that's the only way you can lose weight. And letting go of that, a lot of this last time process was just letting go of unhelpful messages from the past. Yeah, for sure. Like, well, what if that wasn't true? What would you do? Like, okay, you're not going to join a gym. What can you do today? And for me, I think the benefit of listening to other podcasts and seeing someone else who had actually lost 100 pounds rather than a physician who maybe was like we we both I mean, maybe this is another question to ask i know it's a long episode too bad uh but like a personal trainer that we both worked with was like well it's 1200 calories a day eat four almonds in the morning run like instead of a prescription from someone who hadn't been through it yeah hearing from someone who had actually successfully lost weight and others who had who didn't do these extreme things, let us know that like extreme isn't the way it needs to happen. And for me, I realizing all of the like secret eating that I was doing and boundaries were also a huge issue for me when I felt overwhelmed, underappreciated, like I had to bite my tongue and not tell people what I was thinking. I was definitely like a background actor in my life. Once I realized that a lot of my eating was associated with just pressing down feelings of being angry <laughs> about yeah. like, well, I can't really tell people what I need and making people guess what my thoughts were. Once I realized that I had really big issues with boundaries, we've done uh, lots of episodes on boundaries. 
realized the why behind why I was eating, not because food also tastes delicious, but I was using it as a crutch for and a reward for being so put upon and overwhelmed and overworked and underappreciated. So for me that that was really big and unfolding over time, being able to do that with Donald of like getting really honest about our feelings, getting honest about our codependent eating yeah. was huge. And, and you know, not I think most of that didn't start at the beginning. I think at the beginning I was just focused on the process of hey I need to get more steps. I need to like track my calories and eat fewer of them. And the mindset stuff sort of seeped in. It started with the idea of there is no finish line, but then much later. And look, when we started this podcast, I had hit my goal weight for like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it was such hubris to start this podcast and think that I actually knew what I was talking about. And it turned out that it worked out. Um, six years later in hindsight, but since then we've added so many things. Yeah. Like I didn't, I had hit my goal weight before I read the book, The Diet Fix by Yoni Friedhoff, before um, discovering Atomic Habits or or Tiny Habits um, or, you know, the Alice Boyce book, which only very recently, the the Healthy Mind Toolkit um, and, and so many things like that, that I discovered um, like after I had already hit my goal weight to keep you know, to keep this going and to refine the process and and to be able to to maintain the weight loss. Well, and I think too in that, like when we started this in 2016, we didn't know that this was the last time Jern Venture. We didn't know that this was going to be, you know, a process. Gosh, how many years of like like eight, nine years that we've been doing this? Yeah, and we even called we even called the podcast, sorry to cut you off, like we only look thin because we knew we weren't real thin people. It was yeah. Like we were like part of the reason that, that that we named it that is we felt like and I still sometimes feel like I'm pretending to be yeah. a thin person, like that the the much larger person inside of me is still there and still wants to eat all the food and is still there's like there's like this this part of me that is always pushing me to to eat in a way that I know is not sustainable. Well and I think too that that idea of before and after like I would be the old person and the new person is suddenly the person who isn't interested in food. Like that's what I thought for decades about when I get to this goal weight, I will have a new metabolism. I will have a new relationship with food and I'll be able to eat whatever I want because I'm pretty sure that thin people get to eat whatever they want. And switching that yeah. to like, oh, once you stop doing the things, the old results come back. <laughs> that's right. Like, oh, I never made that connection. I just thought it was unfair and that other people were luckier than I was. And it turns out it really does not matter what other people are doing. I can see people as motivation and inspiration, but it doesn't matter what is fair. It doesn't matter what someone else's metabolism is or their relationship with food or must be nice to not be hungry all the time. Realizing that I was the steward of my own body and that like, if I don't take care of it, no one else is being victimized by like life and being overwhelmed. All of that was just an excuse to eat, which made me feel good in the moment. But the health effects, Donald being diagnosed with diabetes, me being 
exhausted all the time and overwhelmed and angry. All of that was based on my mindset and how bad food made me feel from overeating, like night after night after night. Yeah. Using it as a coping mechanism for stress wasn't really a great, uh, uh, maybe model for being a parent also. Turns out yeah, being a sure. parent was just like she, our, our daughter actually at one point just assumed that I was drinking champagne all the time. Like, oh, it's morning? What's in your tumbler? <laughs> Is that champagne? Yeah. And going like, oh, that's maybe not a really great sign that I'm like, I'm not a great parent right now. And the better I take care of myself, the better I'm able to manage the stress in the world around me. The more I it, like, and I like, like we said, it's not like day one there was this giant revelation. It was like, don't quit. What would happen if you didn't wait until next month to start managing your food? What if we have a bad weekend and then we just start over like the next day, not the next year? And in hindsight, there's so much that we've learned and so much nuance. Like Donald said, the books that we've read, the podcasts that we've listened to, like, that just comes from like, ooh, that was a really good idea. What else can I find? What else can like how 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 many other ways can I look at thinking about this? Well, problem? and I think there's also a sense of like, hey, I did this. What else can I do? Yeah. Like how can I how can I like even take myself to the next level? Yeah. And, and like I don't always have the time. And part of this part of this whole journey venture was realizing I don't always have the time, the energy, the bandwidth to to do all of the things that my best self does but to constantly strive to to keep myself you know it, on a path of getting better and and you know keeping myself physically fit so that I can continue to enjoy doing the things I love into old age yeah and i think too like in the last 6 years I think the biggest change for me has been my mindset about everything. Our circumstances are similar. Our, like, parenthood is still rough. The world is, you know, can be challenging. But in the end, my mindset around my thoughts about weight loss and myself and the responsibility that I take in my life has totally shifted. And that has been, you know, a, a you know, an iceberg change over the years. It's not like suddenly I woke up with this new perspective, but I think what this podcast has done for us has kept us present in our own weight loss journey ventures. And I think that that, like when we started the podcast, it was, we lost weight. We want to keep it off. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to try to We're going to try and keep ourselves accountable to yeah. like keep the weight off. That was part of the reason we started the podcast. Because before it was, oh, I'm done now and I can go back to my old life. Like, in order for us to stay present in our own journeys, talking about it really helps. Talking about it with each other really helps. For me, community has been a really big part of staying present in my choices. And so, you know, it's doctors weren't a really big help for me personally because they would – one of the questions was like what doctor prescribed things – it wasn't relatable to my experience and finding other women and other men who had been through similar experiences really brought it home for me. Donald, I think, is more data-driven than I am. For me, feeling supported was a really huge part of my journey. And Donald, I think, 
really enjoys data and accomplishing things with data, like uh, increasing step goals and like hitting new benchmarks. Yeah, for sure. So in the end with all of this, I know, you know, I wish we could say that we did like these five precise things and like, you know, a lot of different programs are like, we'll give you the four core blah, blah, to get the thing done and all the things. But for us, this has really been an evolution. It has been a long journey toward really getting in touch with ourselves, getting in touch with the relationship that we have with food, still keeping it in our lives in a way that's manageable, but also really being uh, present to our own motivations and our own excuses that we make through like the challenges of weight loss uh, and keeping going and finding new resources and investing in ourselves has just been super critical. It's still really hard. Like we're, you know, yeah, post holidays, 100%. We're, we're still like in this. We're not on the other side cheering everyone on like we're still in this and actively working on our health because though there is no finish line every daily investment in our health still really matters uh so uh so susan thank you so much for seeing that we're both funny uh and inspiration <laughs> and uh and for listening to us for all of these years uh this is an evolving process with evolving challenges as we get older and uh if we play a small part in that for everyone in our community we really appreciate it yes thank you so much for listening thank you for your email susan hopefully we've uh, answered your questions um, I will uh, I will link in the show notes to some of the things uh, Fitbit, Half Size Me, uh, the Cookie Rosenblum Baum podcast, uh, which I forget the name of right now. Also, uh, maybe some helpful other things on uh, that we've used. Um, we also plan to in the coming episodes do some. Um, more back to basics, like how we got started, how you can get started episodes that I think would be helpful, even if, you know, no matter where you are in your journey venture. Um, and as always, you can always go back and listen to all of our episodes. Uh, they are all still available. Most of them are available wherever you found this episode. Um, the most recent 300 episodes we uh, recently past 300 and uh, none of the podcast services will uh, will hold uh, episodes more than 300. They, they um, thought to themselves, how could you possibly record? How do you have more than 300 things to I say? Know, they said to themselves, like Y2K, so. who could even consider going over 300? Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, any of the very early episodes uh, are are still available anytime on our website, and you can listen to them on our website uh, as long as you're connected to the internet. And you can also go to our website, and there is the ability to download the uh, MP3 file from our website, so you can listen to on whatever player you want, um, which uh, I thought was worth mentioning. Huh. Um, I know. How about that? What's an MP3? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you can Google it. Um, so uh, anytime on our website at weonlylookthin.com. Yep. And if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on that link for join our support group to find out more about Wold Place. We Only Look Thin Place is our Facebook-based accountability group for women. We are not a weight loss plan, but we are a place for support, accountability, and fellowship in this journey venture uh, because really being honest about 
the struggles that we're facing, the successes that we have in a safe private community really has helped me. That was really something I didn't realize I needed. That fellowship uh, has been critical for me. And uh, Walt Place is a perfect place to get that community that you are looking for. We have two subscription options, a monthly subscription with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Walt Place is right for you. Uh, really, with anything in weight loss, you get out of it what you put into it. And the people in the group that participate are vulnerable, are active, and supporting uh, themselves and other people in the group really get the most out of it. So uh, check us out and uh, be brave and just join on up and uh, be a part of the community. We do weekly Zoom meetings, uh, check-ins, and it's I'm, I'm super proud of it. And it's a really big part of keeping me accountable in my weight loss goals. So uh, check it out. Yeah, please check it out. And, you know, as as Catherine said, like we are going through this with you. The the women in Walt Place are also going through this with you. Like this isn't just a like, well, you know, Catherine and I are finished. So we will we will tell you how to do it. You know, we're going through the same things. We still have holidays and family visits and and, you know, life like still comes up and we have to figure out a way to navigate that and keep going. And, you know, you know, being in a community of people uh, in Walt Place really does help. So please check that out. And you can also uh, interact with us on other uh, social media. Uh, we are at We Only Look Thin on Instagram and Facebook. Um, or you can send us an email just like Susan did to uh, WeOnlyLookThin at gmail.com. Uh, we like episode suggestions, questions. Uh, uh, if you, uh, if there's some topics that we haven't done a deep enough dive on and you'd like to hear about it, um, we would like to hear from you. And also, uh, you know, we enjoy just getting emails where you tell us how much you like us yeah. and, and how good looking we are. Those are both, <laughs> uh, those are uh, both uh, very much uh, looked forward to. Uh, once again, that is we only look thin at gmail.com. Yep. And if you have a couple of extra minutes and can head over to Apple Podcast or whatever uh, listening platform you enjoy. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and a review, we would really appreciate it. Not only does it let us know that what we're doing after all of these years is making a difference, but it also helps the uh, robot uh, algorithms help boost our ratings and helps other people find us. And uh, wouldn't you love it if other people found our podcast too? Uh, we would really appreciate that extra little help. And it's it costs free 99 No money, just a little boost. Uh, it really helps uh, let us know that what we're doing matters. So uh, please head over there and get it done. Absolutely. And I, for one, welcome our AI overlords. <laughs> Um, also, uh, if you could just tell somebody about the show, that would really help. Word of mouth is really one of the best ways in which the show grows. If you tell somebody that uh, something's working for you, if you enjoy something, that really goes a long way to uh, getting others to try it. Um, uh, word of mouth, face-to-face, -face, um, or if you're in an online group, uh, a, a Reddit group, a um, Discord server, a Facebook group, something like that, and it... Uh, makes sense to give us a shout out. We really appreciate it. It really helps the show grow. Yep. So the next time you're tempted to start snorting Nesquik off of <laughs> the top of your dresser, just remember that Catherine and I and Susan, Susan. are an, an inspiration. The information that you 
here on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.